Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. It is us. For the Blunt Force Gamers. Sans one, because he's got a job, lucky bastard. I am your host, unfortunately. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Game Goblin here. And I'm sitting in my living room because the house is being worked on, because real life aggro. Thank you, Mr. Blasphemous. Hail to the dark side. And, of course, we've got my favorite masochist who loves to play in games and get his ass kicked thoroughly, but, hey, you're not a Samus pilot. Kazakhan, the Lord Dragon. There we go. I knew you could do it. I know, this is... I am sorry, folks, that there are any weird noises. We are recording very poorly in my living room, because... Back at Studio B. Studio B. Because Studio A is now lived in by another person we do not know. Studio B is here uh, in the old homestead, and Studio C is currently having people walk through it because it's the only room with a door to the attic. Nice. All right. Just wait, I'm going to build Studio D. (laughs) Give him the D. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so today's topic, and we discussed this earlier, and the other guys seem fantastically, phenomenally happy about it. Shit players do. Dumb shit players do. Dumb shit players do, and it makes no fucking sense. Ooh, we're getting to tell the deep doo wagon. The deep doo doo wagon. Mind <laughs> if I start us off on this one? Do sure. it. Go ahead. All right. So here's the shit that bugs the fuck out of me. All right, my players will sit there on their phone. They will do absolutely nothing in game unless they are specifically asked to, and they will not take the initiative, even when rolling initiative for combat. To interact excessively. Instead, they'll be there on their phone and do as little as possible all game session. And then every time you go out for a smoke break, every time game ends, anytime you post on the fucking group chat about, hey, when can we game? What are we going to do? All they complain about is, oh, well, you know, I just never get to do anything in game. Or, oh, you never include me. I'm thinking about quitting because blah, blah, blah. It's like, insert yourself. The dumb shit players do, man. This is like kind of an IRL outside of game thing. I know y'all were thinking in-game shit, but... It works either way. It, it's still dumb shittery at the table. It, it, the ones who just sit there and do nothing and then complain about doing nothing, like I'm supposed to handhold them like it's fucking Rise of the Goddamn Rune Lords. So, the lumps. That entire category. Because I remember she's we lump, did that. She's lump. She's in my copyright. Because <laughs> I remember Goblin had one of those that we posted. You posted that on our YouTube oh, yeah. channel a while ago. I, that, the lump. The lump. Yeah, and I posted that story, and you know, it's it, a lot of the people who gave comments of their uh, purview on it. You know, I appreciate those comments. The problem with that is they weren't there. They did not stare at this individual sitting there, like staring at me and stuff. And there's more to the story, and I don't really want to get into those on audio or any format, really, or even a private conversation, because I will descend into what will be interpreted as personal attacks. Makes sense. Yeah. That's just, it's still, it's, it's baffling to me that, like, people can be quite that disconnected. No, I, I get it. I get it. People are going to do that anyway, and it's still a part of the population. But, like, I'm there to play a game to be social. When I play games, most of the time that's what I'm doing, or I'm playing a single-player computer game. I, I think the, the part, though, that gets me the most, especially with the way Blasphemous puts it out, is you get somebody to sit down at your game, and then the first thing they do is distract themselves with anything else. And their then phone. they... Yeah, their phone. And then they bitch. That they're not being included. It's like, look, it's not the GM's responsibility to hold your hand the entire time. The GM can throw all the breadcrumbs he wants on the floor. 
he can lead you right to the tower with the dragon and the princess. But nothing is going to come of it unless you put that phone down and say, what's going on? Or worse yet, because of the era we're in right now, uh, doing game over the Discord or any of the Fantasy Grounds, Roll20, any of that. You've got people who you can see their little status bar and it says, oh, so-and-so is playing WoW, playing fucking Elder Scrolls, playing anything else while y'all are trying to game. And you're wondering why they're distracted. Well, I admit I did that last night. Uh, that was my first online game in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody, it was, it's our first game. And everybody is just moving phenomenally slowly because it, it's a brand new format for a lot of the players. Or like it's, we're we're learning the entire fantasy ground system as it pertains to Starfinder because like apparently, and you know, I, this is the only game I'm in with this, but fantasy grounds runs very differently for PF2, for PF, then Starfinder, then D and D, then who knows what else. Yeah, the, the fun part though is. Um, because it was running so slowly, I just started like sorting my files in miscellaneous folders, trying to get shit sorted because my fucking garbage pit of a computer just needs a little bit of TLC from time to time. Regardless, though, when it came to my turn, I'm like, okay, this guy, I'm standing behind him, we still got flanking bonus, I roll my two dice, I roll my uh, damage dice, I intern, and then I just go back to sorting folders. Yeah, right? Like, it's... I had my shit down nailed like the moment he said it was your turn i'm like bam 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 okay back to my thing and then you just like wait another 45 minutes but see the issue for the dumb shit players do i'm talking about is the ones are literally you have to go through a 20 minute recap on what just happened in game yeah every time their turn comes up all right here's a, here's one that gets me and i've gone through it for uh several years and i was telling Cass about this one pre-recording <laughs> and that is you get a player in your group and they get that look in their eye, they start thumbing through the books, and they see, like, this item that does these special qualities and effects, and they're like, God, I want that. And then they flip through a few more pages, and they're like, whoa, it's an, uh, a cloak where you can, like, stab people, and the cloth, like, fucking folds back up. That's great for my assassin. I, you know, I want that. And they just go, go through item after item after item, and they're like, okay, well, I need spare uh, ammunition. I, I need this. I need this. I need this. And they get this long trail of I needs and the gold to furnish, uh, to furnish it. And so they get out of the dungeon or whatever they're doing during the adventure. They go to town and you specifically lay it out as a GM. Like there's a trade fair going on. So pretty much anything you want to buy that's under X value is available. You just have to walk out the door and throw a rock and you hit a vendor selling something. It might be what you want, it might not be. But yeah. that's what just wandering around the fucking trade center is. But if they wander around and they go, well, I'm looking for a specific cloak, chances are they're going to find that specific style of cloak. And yet when you do this, that the trade fair stuff, the player just sits there and be like, I don't know, I'm just going to stay in the tavern and drink. Oh my so, god. Yeah, I love it when uh, players... It's just rattle around those entire two cells you have in there. Yeah, I love it when players want something in-game the GM provides, and then finally when it's provided, it's kind of like a house cat who looks up and goes, you want me to eat what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're over there bugging you the whole time that you're cooking. They see like, you eating, and as soon as you break down fine, you can have a piece. And they're, they're just, they, they just sniff, sniff it, it, and they're like, walk away. Yeah. Okay, I had my bit. I fucking accuse you. I did not go through the effort of making stuff for me and then be bothered by you for you not to eat it, you little shit. Although the other one that gets me to, uh, uh, as far as things that players do that make absolutely no fucking sense. And I can be held guilty of this, especially in my earlier days, and I, I've chilled out, of course, over the years. But... <sighs> The player who has to get snarky with those who have higher status than they are. You know, they, they walk in, they look at the, like, their commanding officer or their commanding officer's supervisor. Or, or however far up the chain. However far up the chain. You could literally drop the god of war, full regalia, ready to kick some ass right in front of the player party and somebody has to like say something witty. 
the smartass. You like, yeah, players. You always got that one smartass who has to say something. I mean, there is a difference between a zinger, like you know, just the offhand remark being witty, and being deliberately like derisive with it. All right, so, well, if you're if you're if you're going if you're trying to punch above your station, you better be ready to back what you're doing. Or die trying. Well, okay. Here's the here for for the most recent uh, in memory example I can provide of this. Nej is playing her character who's spec ops. Okay, so yeah, best of the best of the best. West Point with honors, sir. And we're playing rifts, uh, so the the audio listeners know. And any of the audio listeners who are familiar with the rift setting and knows of Lone Star will know that the last person you want to walk up to and thumb your nose at is director Desmond Bradford. Because the guy is a megalomaniac and answers only to the Emperor himself. And a first level character comes walking in, Desmond Bradford sitting behind his desk goes, show me what you have for information. Show me why you need to take my scientist away from me. Yeah, show me why you need to take my scientist away from me. And she gets snarky. This dude can literally snap his fingers and player character needs to roll a new player character. There is a reason said scientist kept his mouth shut. Yeah. (laughs) Bradford is a scary dude. Like, in D&D terms, this is like walking up and thumbing your nose at, I dare say, Drizzt. Yeah, or, or you could also go with, like, the high priest of some deity in their capital town. Basically, think of it, you go up and you thumb your nose at fucking uh, Bahamut, right? Yeah, you thumb your nose he at He just Bahamut. turns around and, <laughs> bye. You're well, gone. Well, in power scale things, this is less Bahamut, more Tiamat. Okay. Bradford's so, not a nice guy. Yeah. And Either so, way... D- Pissing off dragon gods is a good way to not exist. Yeah, I really should bring in Stifenthal. This makes me worried. If for no other reason but for the fact that you're excited about it. Yeah, well, he he forces mortals to worship him because he uh, is a dragon and has a god complex. Oh. And if you don't worship him, he uh, has horrible ways of dealing with that. Because he's better than you are. So, Sputch. Ah, so it's a member of the Young Turks. <laughs> he will spite your ass. But it, it still, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. You get the one player who, like, walks up, adds somebody of higher station to them, the player character hasn't earned the right to get snarky with them in what, any way, shape, or form. And they're like, uh, what's up, dude? How did you get those stars and bars? Suck a little bit of, you know, ventilated meat pipe? Yeah, see, that reminds me of those kids. Everyone knew these kids in school. They're like, oh, yeah. They asked me to go special forces, but I said, no, I just beat the crap out of like 10 of them. And it's like, no, dude, I got better things to do. I hated those kids in school. Oh, Oh, the braggarts? Worse. These are, these are the kids who more than likely had to take Ritalin and shit, but swore up down and sideways that like the fucking green berets were at their door every day asking them to join. When you know for a fact that all they do is go home eat fucking Cheetos and they got their name on their fucking underwear. Man, we're bringing back Total the ancient fucking times. mongs. <laughs> and it's, yeah, like, not even in good Sharpie either. It's like a dry erase. No, 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 no. Their, their mom took the time to do it in Needlepoint. Oh, That sounds horrible snap. in every way. Every way imaginable. Uh, let's see. The other one that gets me too is the player characters who always have to murder somebody when they don't get their way. Oh yes, the uh, what was it? Murder tantrum. The murder tantrum. It's a good way of putting it, and it's entirely accurate. He wouldn't cut down the price by five silver pieces. He had to go. So you reacted like a one and a half year old who didn't get the shiny thing that would kill them. They didn't have leather boots in my size, so I had to stab him. He he couldn't craft my new outfit quick enough, so I had to stab him. (laughs) See, that's why I like having gods in my stories who are relatively active. And, oh no, you just killed the favorite fucking tailor of, you know, the prophet of fucking Tiamat. 
And now unholy dragon fire reigns around you. Well, I had one group, uh, they all went off on me at the game table, saying that I was playing, ag- or I was GMing aggressively. Right? So they get, they all, like, every one of them, except for, like, one fluffer nutter at my table, all decides that I am the reason why the game is going bad. They're like, oh, you, you're trying to strong on us, you're trying to railroad us, you're trying to, like, you know take away our player agency and stuff. So they're throwing every insult at me that they can. But for the first two months up until the breaking point is the enemies of the player characters, which was predominantly everybody at this point, because that's what they did. It was like constant murder tantrums. But somehow the player characters didn't understand that people talk to other people. So when you go in and you murder the town guards ransack the tavern, kill a couple of shopkeepers, and leave. The survivors are going to talk to their friends. They're going to talk to their families. They're going to talk to the local lords. They're going to be like, look, these fuckers are out of control. Next thing you know, there's going to be bounties put on the players' heads. And when bounty hunters show up, the player characters, of course, killed them and took their stuff. And it got to the point where even the big bad evil guy who was plotting to take over the world decided to go, you know what? These guys are going to be a problem to my plans because my plans are creating a utopia by my vision, and my utopia does not include people running around murdering other people. Only I have that right. So the big bad evil guy, even is, who's got contacts within the uh, basically Council of Kings kind of stuff going on in the setting, <clears throat> he fronts money to pay for some uh, assassins and things, and the kings pay for the best of the best of the best bounty hunters West Point with honors, sir. <laughs> like, they're getting Boba Fett. They, yeah, they went out and they got themselves a team of anti-player characters, if you will. <laughs> because people are talking from these player characters running out. It was like two months in real lifetime and almost a year and a half in game time. So they knew how the characters uh, interacted amongst each other. They had spies watching how they fought... Um, individually they knew who the spellcaster was they knew how to negate the ranger kind of shit so these guys were training for like almost eight months to take down the player character so when they showed up they just fucking beat face full mollywop full mollywop the player characters didn't have a chance because the enemies were watching them because these player characters they would just go through one town if it you know could be pried up with a crowbar they would and then, of course, I'm the one who ruined the game because the world reacted to four mass murderers running around just mollywopping everything for fame and fortune. And this is one of those things I don't really understand as a GM is like, how do you not understand there's consequences for actions? In right. real life, if I walk into a 7-Eleven with a pistol on my hip, somebody is going to flip the fuck out. If I escalate from there and pull guns off of said hip and point it at the cashier and say all your money, they will send these individuals who have shiny neat badges and they will fuck my world up. <laughs> In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I understand that there will be consequences if I make uh, if I go out and commit unlawful actions. How do player characters not understand that they're, you know, if they do unlawful actions, somebody will come along and fucking ruin their day. Right? And you know, another one. Let's let's get onto another one though, because this this one's been bugging me. All right. Something that players will do. Do not leave the host to clean up your fucking messes. We are n- we are there to run game for you. We are there to make sure everyone is having fun. We are not there to be your fucking mommies or your goddamn maids. Be adults and clean up after your own shit. Or help. Wow, that sounds like it was coming from a personal spot of pain there. It's... I think yeah, I, I yeah, think just a, a bit. I, I can hear you. Uh, these headphones are really good, and that's like the first time since we started recording four years ago I have heard you clearly. <laughs> that, that must be really intense emotion going on over there, dude. No, like, I shouldn't, you know... I'm already putting in extra effort for you. Why in the fuck would you disrespect me and the space that we play in by not cleaning up after yourselves? Yeah, I, I don't mind a little post-game clutter. 
Right, and there's there's going to be you know the occasional missed can or two, the, the or occasional missed can or the know. the pizza box, right? Yeah, pizza boxes always, right? That stuff's normal. That's acceptable. But when I'm, it looks like a fucking two year old just had fucking spaghettios in the corner, that's when it's bullshit. Exactly. And that's the way. See, I don't mind if someone's got horrendous bowel issues and destroys my toilet because I invest in this lovely thing called Febreze. They're not sponsored by. Although if they did sponsor us, I think their net worth would go up. Um, oh yeah, but <laughs> please. I don't mind when you know someone's got to drop a stanky dew. But what bothers me is when you leave a half drunk dew behind the couch because you like to reach back when you're sitting there gaming like you're a fucking god or some shit, and you leave it on my fucking windowsill and don't say anything, don't even grab it the next time you're over to play. And two months later, I find a dew that's got, like, fucking growth coming out of it. Fuck that. Fuck that and the people who do that. Yeah, some people just don't understand that, you know, especially when you're gaming over at somebody else's crib, their house, their place, their game room, whatever you want to call it, their crib. It's got a refrigerator full of crystal. I had to. Uh-huh. Well... I, I am guilty of this, but on, like, small uh, occasions. Like, you know, I'll leave a blanket on the couch. It's just I have nowhere else to put it. And the host of the game says, yeah, just leave it there. It's all copacetti. Right. If you're given express permission, within reason, it's fine. Because it's acknowledged. It's like, yeah, I'll get to that when I can actually put it away. Right? That's not a deal. That's... I That's... don't mind that you use my actual dishes instead of the paper plates and cups I brought out. Doesn't bother me. Just put it in the goddamn sink and maybe rinse it out. Yeah, it's like, it's like one place I was gaming at. The uh, the GM didn't mind if we took our food bags. So if we had like, uh, not sponsored by, but please, please, like if somebody came by with Wendy's or Taco Bell or something or McFat or McFat and like freckle when you're done bitches. eating, freckle bitches. <laughs> and if you put, like, all your wrappers and shit in the bag, the GM or the house host was cool with you just leaving it by where you were sitting. Because then it's one piece of trash. Because then it was one piece, and they would just pull the trash bag out of the can and just walk through the house and just pick one up and one up and one up and be done. Right? It was like a three-minute cleanup. Easy. Yeah. And, like, three-minute cleanup, five-minute cleanup, good. When it starts that I have to do, like, a deep clean or a scrub, or I'm having to, like, deal with carpet issues because you spilled your drink and you didn't do anything, there's a fucking problem. Oh, here's another one that really gets me, and I'm not going to name names. Why are you pointing at me? I'm not going to name names. <laughs> <laughs> which, which thing did I do? Um... The player character, or actually the player themselves, who shows up at your game table, they got everything ready, you know, like, it's pretty fucking marvelous at this point. You're like, hey, you got everything. You're, you're ready to go. This is awesome. And the moment they need to make a fucking roll, even if they have done this roll 20 times, 30 times, they have done it for two years in a campaign setting. For some magical reason, they forget what's located where on the character sheet. It's like, I need you to make a strength roll. And they're like... Wait, wait, um, it's, um, it's, uh... It's, um... Oh, that one. Right, right. Okay, I'm got. I'm good. And I'm then good. I'm, I, of course, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, it's one of the first six things you rolled for your character? Or, you know, I need to make a... We're, we're, we're uh, like, we're getting into combat. I need a, an initiative check from everybody. And then they have to pause and take two minutes to go, where's my initiative? And it's like... Every game session we have a combat encounter, how have you not figured out where initiative is? On the sheet. Like, if, if there's been, like, a month or longer break, I can get it if they aren't doing any other gaming. But if it's, like, an every other week thing and they still haven't figured it out, there's problems. I, I'm pointing at one person in specific that we both know. And I'm not going to point my finger at this individual, but... Are they in the room? No, they are not. Are they in our lives still? Yes, they are. And there's a reason I'm being ambiguous on their gender. Because I don't want to point my finger and be like, that fucker over there. <laughs> now, the other but thing... this is something that's been going on in like five years we've been gaming together. I I've been gaming with this person for about five years. Every game session, 
and it doesn't matter if it's a game they're already familiar with or not familiar with, they need a fucking compass and a guide to figure out their character sheet every game session. That is just a willful ignorance. So you need to get him a Sherpa. Well, like, I can understand, you know, having, like, being confused about where it is on the sheet for a new system or a new format for the sheet. I can understand that. Like, for me, Rifts is a fairly new system, so I'm still exploring my various character sheet options and all that jazz. But, like, when it says initiative, I know that means initiative, so I'm not going to be that, you know... I have a general idea of where the sections are, and if I can find the section, I can find the thing I need. But this is still shit players do. I do not understand. And this, uh, the person I'm pointing at is the worst of the example I can come up with. This is like the number one, you win a prize, go home, here's a fucking gold ribbon. But there are other players I've seen do this who would go, oh yeah, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for seven years, and you're like, cool. An experienced player. Come on over to my place, jump into my group, and they're like, fuck yeah, I got this great idea for, like, an Elven Archer. And I'm, you know, fuck it, Elven Archer, I've seen it before, but if you got a new idea, a new spin on it, I want to see that shit. Bring it on over. They roll up their character all by themselves. It goes through the pre-game checkout. Yep, all the numbers are legit tight. I hand that sheet back, we get into the game 0-1, and we're like, all right, you know the big bad evil guy? He sent some undead minions. I need everybody to roll... Uh, armor, you know, roll against, um, sci- uh, make a save versus magic kind of shit or whatever. And they're like, um, it's a will save, um, just a standard will save. That's just all a I standard need from you. Save versus magic is not on my character sheet. And yeah, it's a, just a will save. And they're like, oh, um, and you're like, wait a minute. Okay, I had to translate it as a magic save, which translates into will save. Okay, we get this, but then you still can't find your saving throws. Which are, you know, typically highlighted in very, very large areas on character sheets. Yeah, Just usually to throw the, that out there. Yeah, usually the save block is pretty Okay, here's big. your stats, here's your saves. <clears throat> it's like that, almost every character sheet I've ever had. Yeah, it's like they're right next to each other, and then your health is real close too. Mm-hmm. But typically. I, it's to the point where I'm designing my own character sheet that's got, like, pictures <laughs> dumb fucks. There, there are some out there. People have done it. I'm designing my own. Nice. Yeah, I should write a character sheets for dummies, uh, like, mini booklet. <laughs> I, I feel like the best, like, I we're not sponsored by him, but, you know, an uh, Idiot's Guide to D&D, like, or Crap Guide to D&D, that's the series. He has one that does the, the character sheet, and it's actually pretty damn good. And it is the last crap guide because the uh, artist came out and said they were done doing crap guides because it felt more like a chore after, like, the third one. That's fair. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can understand that. It's it, unfortunate, it, but I... They already I have a hard enough time playing the character they play because after watching their regular channel where it's just them doing live streams, they're really cool and really nice, and that character is complete 180, their personality. So I can understand why it was hard to continuously write and do that and translate. Well, that's part of the reason it's a crap guide. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it's yeah. a formulaic system. Anyways, anyway. shit players do that get me for for one that just... Oh, the, the fucking... I'm not sure there, there should be a nickname for them. I like to call them the fucking anchor. Because they are there. They're usually not the first one to arrive. And, but they are always the last one to leave because you have to tell them to leave. Oh, the the yeah. one that just fucking sits there and you're like, okay, it's after midnight. I've got work tomorrow. I need you to leave even though you've been sitting here watching fucking Netflix for the last hour trying to tell me about something you did in a different game one time. Well, it's, it's, and I, I see where you're coming from and one of the things that gets me... Uh, more so than other people being an introvert, but it still happens to every GM out there, especially if you have a long campaign uh, going on, and each game session is going to be like six to eight hours, if not more. So you got all the pre-game prep time, then you got all the people show up, and then you know you're on the spot. You're basically managing a group of people for hours at end, with very few breaks, far few between. Everybody wants your attention for a question at some point in time. You call a smoking break guaranteed somebody is going to start asking questions during the smoking break that, you know, 
they can ask while the other players are away. So you're still basically on call. It is mentally exhausting and draining. And then you got that one guy, the anchor. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is left, and the GM is just like, go away. <laughs> Wait, I've got it. It makes sense. They're the paperweight. <laughs> Somebody's paperweight, yeah. <laughs> but but like they're they're cool in game. They're they're great, you know, in in the pregame stuff. If they make it there ahead of time, sometimes they're late. But man, just trying to get them to go home. And I I've got I've got two right now. And oy vey, man, like it it's just a thing. Like, and and it's not to be like, hey, social norms. This is when you know to leave. It's like, all right, game's over. Shit's room's all cleaned up. And you're watching Netflix on my TV in my spot. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, speaking as someone who's been a paperweight, I, I know I still fight that habit. Mm -hmm. It's something I'm getting better at. I know it. I've gotten it down to, like, 15 minutes instead of, like, an hour. So, yay me. Oh, you, you have not been the worst offender. I, what, I believe... What's worse I, is when we were gaming at the shop in days past... And you had someone who literally the store owner had to tell them to get out because everyone else was already outside doing their last smoke break with all their stuff loaded in their cars. And this person still had not thrown away their 12 soda cans, picked up all their shit and put it in their bag, or even called their ride because they didn't have one. See, yes, I, I know I'm not the worst offender, mm. but the trick is to teach yourself to disengage. Mm -hmm. And this is, a, this is a thing that, like... I struggle with, you know, I'm an ambivert. I pendulate between an introvert and an extrovert, right? I'll get, you know, days like, man, I really want to go out and talk to people. Or, man, I just want to sit on my ass and play games. Isn't that a manic depressive? Yep. Or same concept? Possibly. Either way, it's, you know, it's something to learn is how to disassociate yourself and just be like, okay, I need to stop. It's time to go. Mm. And it's functionally how I get to work every day. <laughs> I, I think, though, um, to um, boil it down in a nutshell, though, what he's talking about as far as paperweight is somebody who doesn't just not get the hint to go away, but is relentlessly a serial paperweight. Yeah, even in regular non-game setting. Yes. And I'm very thankful that I am not that person. Yeah. But it's so are we. <laughs> I'm quite certain. <laughs> verily, my friend, verily. But at the same time, it's like, learn to read your social cues. See, You can I, figure them out, just pay attention. I view it, because I know I've been guilty of, you know, being a little slow to for the takeoff. I view it as being a uh, vintage car. You're just a little slow to start, but man, once you're going, sometimes you need to push start, but man, you can keep going. Yeah. Like, that, that's the way it is for me. Like, when I'm hanging out sometimes, it's hard for me to be like, all right, I gotta go. But man, I have known some people where you're just out there shopping in a store, and oh, look, there's uh, someone who says they're from Singapore, because you, for some reason, that person asked, and now that person needs to go into this giant diatribe about how they know that people from Singapore ran away from fucking China because of the CCP and they're all about that and they know the struggle and blah 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 fucking white savior bullshit and it's just like alright I'm I'm not with them anymore I'm gonna drive home now and I'm the only one that drove the one vehicle we both came in <laughs> those are fucking paperweights dude I have a feeling I know who you're talking about but yeah. you know what I'm gonna move on because there's another thing that uh, players do in-game mm -hmm. that makes no fucking sense. Ooh. Lay it on us. All right. Do it. The action hero. Oh, my uh, God. The guy who has to, like, describe every fucking... Uh-huh, I'm pointing at you, asshole. Yeah, I am. Th this time, I am pointing my finger. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm guilty of this. But you have to describe every fucking nuance of what your character is doing during your combat scene. So the GM looks at you expectantly. He says, okay, it's your turn. What are you doing? And you're like, I run across the street, slide across a car, you know, on my knees, you know, like hard rock, butt rock style, while racking my shotgun, shooting the enemy in the chest. When I hit the end of the car, I'm going to, like, duck and roll, roll over. And then when I stand up, I use my second action to use the butt of the gun to uppercut him. And it's like, dude, 
blam, smack. All you have to tell tell me is one, you're going across the hood of the car, all rockabilly style. So that's going to be an athletics check, and then you need to make two attack rolls. Okay, just just give me or an aerobics check. Just give you. Gymnastics, come on, just give me a physical check and two attacks, okay? You don't need to describe every fucking nuance of what you're doing that scene. And sometimes the action hero, of course, you know, combat is where they truly shine. Mm-hmm. Where they have to, like, Spider-Man climb up a building, backflip off the side of it, do a uh, crescent axe kick while coming down on top of them. and then Specifically a crescent axe kick. Specifically, yeah, like every fucking action they take is specific as to how they're hitting them or how they're gouging out the eye or how... Using my left hand... Using my left hand. I take hand. the cap off the milk. With my right hand, I remove the eye. That's where I'm getting to, is they do this action hero shit for mundane tasks as well. Like... The player characters are sitting there and they're researching and it's like, well, my character walks down the aisle of, you know, B through L books. And I look specifically for the one that we're doing. And then I reach out with my left hand and I touch the top of the book and pull it out that way as not to damage the spine. And it's like, just get the fucking book. (laughs) Again, I'm getting better at this. I'm trying to keep it more moderate. I'm getting there. Hey, don't uh, worry. We know progress people again who are worse than you. There, there are, there are. Who, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we we've all gamed with someone who has been the action hero who like. Funny with enough, with my left hand, I remove the cat from the milk most triumphantly, and it's like fucking just pour the milk. Funny enough, I know a weird dichotomy with that where not all action heroes are snowflakes, but all snowflakes are action heroes. I'm an action hero. I admit it, but it's more out of fun, like. Yeah, like yes, what but... we were doing last night, like, um, we, when we were gaming last night, I specifically uh, went out, I made my character a uh, fist fighter, so I can fist people to death. <laughs> That's the whole joke. <laughs> and, like, I run up, and, like, even when I made my attacks, I'm just like, pow, pow, but still, you know, I have that... He's got the flavor text written on his character sheet. Because the so flavor is text your is ultimate written... attack the dredge fist? No, no, my ultimate attack is the... Um, uh, it's called bitch mode because my character is a former pro wrestler, which involves me um, running towards the person and I do a front forward flip, but I extend my right foot out so that my heel will come down dead center on their chest while I do the splits. But hold on, here's a question because, <laughs> like I mentioned, not all snowflakes, uh, or not all action heroes are snowflakes. Are you over there saying I am the most specialist character ever? <laughs> Have you met Goblin while he's gaming? <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, but I've seen him. I, I've seen him not be the snowflake. No, no, I, I've been giving that more to Miss T. Yes, uh, our courtesan is the specialist snowflake of the group. My character actually is like um, she's pretty low key as far as it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm playing the character pretty low key, but the fun part is, uh, I'm playing, and strangely enough, my. Um, my character's persona for this is based largely off of not Deadpool himself, but the actor. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, my, my character's personality is based off of Ryan Reynolds, where when she's not on camera, she's totally like chumming it up and slumming with the fans or taking selfies with fans or being very oriented. Like It's like Ryan Reynolds, Bill Murray, you know, the best part of actors or even Tom Hanks, you know, who takes selfies with people while they're at a bar when they're drunk. It's like those neat things that celebrities do that are fun. Mm-hmm. And just way, human. It's the human element. So that's the way I'm trying to play my characters. They're not the specialists. Total like, Bill Murray. But you turn the camera on, and that's when she becomes a diva. But when the yeah. camera is off, she's actually a person. That's the way I'm trying to play the character. But Miss T, our courtesan, is all times 100%. Look at me. I don't need cameras. Just look at me. It's It's, you know... And it, it makes a little bit of sense for, you know, a courtesan to drop a lot of innuendos, but there's a level of, like, self-respect that okay. you have or you don't have, and Miss T does not have. I'll tell you this. If you spend all day working at the fucking Snickers factory, you don't talk about Snickers in your off time. Yep. The mechanic does not work on his own car the gardener rarely takes care of his own yard well, because fuck. they have to do this shit all fucking day yeah. for money. Why are they going to do it at home for free? Well, that's like um, the only time I talked about aerospace when I got off of work 
was during family get-togethers because other aerospace workers are in the family and they work at different shops so naturally the conversation would come up right and there would be like four good hours of us just talking shops all the aerospace guys hanging out by the grill making burgers and talking to them in the shop amongst one another about what's going on in the industry the other 364 and a half days a year no exactly but oh oh i got i got one that's great oh, oh lay it on us do it do it so this is a vein of snowflakes so this is a particular like branch of the tree, right? A vein of snowflakes. I didn't even know we could mine snowflakes. Right? We can't. But these ones specifically, I would call the yellow snowflakes. Oh dear. So these are the ones. Sounds pretty pissy. Oh yeah. Yep. So they have to shove their dick in every situation. You say, all right, for those of you who are in the room, roll me a perception check. These are the people who make the roll. They're not even in the room. They're not in the building. They said specifically they were going to stay outside with the cart. But they're still making the roll on perception. For people who needed to be in the room in the building. Yeah, see, and it, like, that starts bordering on meta-knowledge in several different ways, and none of them are acceptable. Yeah, and, and they're, or the same person is across town, something happens with the rest of the player characters... And suddenly they want to teleport to be with the rest of the group as fast as fucking possible. But Spidey sense tingles. Spidey sense tingles, but five minutes prior to that, they wanted to run off and be Captain Lone Wolf until something happened to somebody else. But here's yeah. the other here's the other side of that yellow snowflake. Oh. The other pissy part is they get pissy when you're like, alright, I need a knowledge nobility. And they, without being prompted, without even really being in the conversation, are like, oh, well, I don't have that knowledge, so it's not up to me. They're, they're not even involved in the situation. These are the snowflakes that just have to be, they self-interject into every situation, even when they're not in it. Yeah, the other, the other side of that coin, though, I... I'm sorry, it's just my brain is going fart because I have seen that happen so many fucking times. Remember, I'm old, right? So now I'm just like reliving 25 years of game mastering in just like a few minutes and like every instance of that shit happening in my games is hitting me all at once and my brain is shutting off. <laughs> it's self going into defense mode. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is going into self-defense mode. <laughs> No, that's bad. We can't talk about that. We no, that's bad. We can't talk about that. We Wait, we're supposed to talk about that. We got a cascade failure on Neuron 5. <laughs> Somebody send out the janitor with a bucket. We've got a Neuron failure. Aisle 5. <laughs> all of a sudden, all your other childhood trauma comes up just because it's better than this shit. <laughs> that's a sad and At terrifying least my thing. No, no. At least my childhood trauma made me a stronger person. <laughs> There's a there. It sucked to go through that shit, but at least the end result is I had something to meditate over, ruminate on, and go okay, holding my head high, moving on. But this kind of dumb shittery you're talking about, no, there was no positive outcome. It was just like dumb another turd tossed into a fucking bucket. <laughs> And you just dumped that bucket of turds over, dude. The entire honey bucket is now sneaking up my carpet of brain matter, you know? Jesus. Hey, you're the one who had this topic idea, but that's the thing. is like I There's know. so many different of these types, and it's not just that. There's also dumb shit that GMs can do as well. Yeah, but I, I'm talking specifically about the shit that players do, either in or out of character. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. Like, Captain fucks everything. Oh, yeah, the bard. The eternal bard, even when they're not playing a bard. Yeah. It's like right. the guy who walks into every fucking tavern and always has to try to slip like five gold pieces to the tavern gal to get laid. And it's like, dude, she's married. He's like, so what? Money talks. Or it's like he pays extra to screw the blacksmith's daughter. And then he goes out of the stable and tries to screw the stable boy, too. And it's like you don't have to sow your oats across the land with everything that has a pulse, dude. Well, that's how. That's where their next character comes from. I'm here to avenge my insert father reference. Uh, I I just don't understand it though. It's like I 
if the situation calls for it, because there are situations like you're pre-combat. You right. Know, if, you're, is, if you're going to go face down the big bad evil guy. This could be, you know, we're walking last... away dead or we're walking away victorious, and there's nothing in between. You're doing your one last fucking yeah, party before you, the end. Your one last hurrah. You know, you're like, we could die tomorrow, and you know what? My character doesn't drink, but tonight I'm having one mug of mead with the guy. One mug of uh, mead with the guys. Mm-hmm. Right? Or a glass of wine with the fucking elf. And you know what? Screw it. You're going to go uh, hook up with a tavern gal. And, right? And it, it, it makes sense, you know, that um, uh, verification of life, as it were. It's, it's the best way I can describe that moment you're talking about. It's like, fuck it, I'm going to probably die tomorrow, and if I don't, I'm coming away a happier person or a successful one. Right? I'm calling that the verification of life moment. Yeah, the verification of life moment, or maybe the character just started out brand new in the world of adventuring. It's their first time, not on the farm. And they go into a town for the first time and they see attractive people for the first time. And they just get like overwhelmed and they're like trying to pick somebody up because they're just a goofy with kid with two left feet. I can understand that. But when they say they're Captain Adventurer and it's Captain Suave, you got to be worried Captain about. Suave. They walk from Main no. Street down to Broadway, then they hang a left on 4th. And over the course of seven city blocks, they have, by the time they get to the rest of the party members to look over the map to get ready to go to the dungeon, they have just screwed seven blocks worth of people. And, like, Jesus, why? <laughs> Secondarily, how in the fuck do you have that kind of stamina? Ring of stamina. Even then. Plus Cock five. ring of stamina? Cock ring of stamina, plus five. I mean, maybe at that point. Stare or... at my swollen node, chode. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, like... I get it, you know, there's plenty of attractive people out there, and if you're if you're that young, bumbling idiot kid, you know, the, the farm savant, right? Yeah. You know, just out there, first time out in the world, yeah, it makes sense, you're gonna fail a lot, but you're gonna try, because, who knows, they might find you adorable, or cute, or just funny. The other one that players do, and this is kind of like, not in-game, but it borders, uh, another one that gets me is how everybody typecasts their character. According to class. Yes, because the monk always has to have a little booklet of wisdom memorized. You know, uh, or, why uh, is it that the wizard always has to wear a pointy hat, have a beard, and wear robes? Why can't the wizard just wear, like, a fucking smoking jacket and carry a pipe around and be a suave ladies' man? Why can't you play Hugh Hefner with cantrips? Because most people aren't that imaginative and don't have the capacity to do it. It's like, okay, I... You guys know my character. Why isn't a bard a religious street preacher with just amazing ranks in oratory? Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, you know, your ex-gladiator fighter, right? They're big, gruff dude, but they're... Guys, a kitty! Right? Yeah. These two can like be the same people. a little overplayed sometimes, but our game what? groups do not always overlap. Also true, but at the same token, it's like, you can either, like, there's plenty of different ways to buck the stereotypes right like you get the big strong orc who's just like no fighting you bad yes, I'll go well, over here and heal people you, you always have the orc who uh, for some reason always has a speech impediment uh, is always at the talks with a slightly British accent but that's close enough inbreeding happens both ways when it comes to orcs and uh, British people apologies to Brits but um, whatever <laughs> you're not sorry could don't be worse. could be Irish I am not sorry because I have not received my Yorkshire tea no 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 we gotta we're not using Yorkshire tea anymore because they went super woke oh that's right fuck <laughs> now I gotta throw it in the harbor <laughs> I, uh, but, but it's just like why, why can't somebody play an orc who's like, instead of being Mr. Captain Strongarm and stuff, and I understand that when you're looking at the numbers, orcs make better warriors, but you rarely ever see an orc sorcerer mm -hmm. who just walks around with his head held high. He's got boatloads of charisma that, you know, the player wiggled the fucking numbers so the orc has more charisma than normal, and they walk around and they walk past like all the other orcs like they are the ones who are superior for a change. And it's like, well, what makes you more superior? And it's because, well, I know how to bathe. <laughs> like, why doesn't nobody play an orc who's racist against other orcs? You know, it's just like, 
What dude, the hell, dude? It's all over the place. Like, dwarves very commonly have clan feuds, and it never gets brought up. It's like, oh, those, those yellow-bellied stone carvers over there. Oh, those elf-kissing anvil droppers. Right, yeah. right. And, you know, you can get real creative with dwarven insults, but at the same token, you know, like, hey, you're a dwarf. Hey, you're a dwarf. Yeah, let's go party. What Wait a second. He's a blood axe. What if he's a fucking uh, stone tooth? They're at war with each other, but no one ever pays attention to that. Right. Uh, and That's because the only thing anybody knows about dwarves is uh, three things. Alcohol, big beard, Scottish accent. Well, hey, in in Shadwell's defense... Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> he, um, he did have the beard. He didn't really drink, but also... Um, the Scottish accent was the character build, but he was a druid, and he didn't really do all that dwarf crafting stuff. He was more the guy. He was the lame dwarf who went and played with the animals. Yeah. So right, even even that's a good example of bucking the stereotype. Which was what I was trying to get into with my uh, with my characters, as you guys have seen it, where I play characters with a little twist. I played an occultist who basically was playing the bard aspect. I played a goblin that instead of just, you know, being a sharp thing, kill, 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 I he wasn't a semi-intelligent redneck goblin. You know, there's just all these fun things you can do with characters, which is why I have such an issue with 5th fifth, fifth edition, because it feels way too two-dimensional. There isn't enough filler in the characters. Yes, you can just pick up and play, but I don't want to just pick up and play. I want to sit down with people and go the long haul on a campaign or some bullshit games. I'm not looking to just sit down and play a one-off at a card shop with people. That's not how I get down. And the thing is, all of what you're talking about is player side. True, but I'm so talking about when like I... You, like, all of the stuff that brings a character to life, that's player side. The system is just meant to make it easy to accomplish the mechanical side. Well, that with the shit that players do, you know, I can go and customize a lot of the things I can do in Pathfinder and 3.5. With Vampire, you can do a whole lot of customization just in what your character sheet says. Mm -hmm. It should still have some play into what you do. Because most people, they just are like, oh, I'm this set of numbers and my character's thing is they don't like taking shit from anyone, or they like to always have the last fucking word. Well, when you got a party of people who just do the last fucking word because their character sheet stat numbers all just say blah. Yeah, oh my god. That, you know what? For typecasting, Vampire the Masquerade was hilarious. Yeah. Because Gangrel were always militant furries. Bruja were always gutter punks. Ventru were always uh, fucking professional something or others. Nosferatu were always butt ugly, creepy dudes. And, like, you, when you're playing a role playing game, you see these. These are the stereotypes. This is like mm-hmm. the first thing people see when they see you. This is what they're going to think. So, if they see you running around being a Toreador, they're going to think you're some artsy fartsy fuckwit. You know, mm-hmm. who's all into dandelions and flowers and painting with your own period blood and shit. First off, ew. Second off. First off, ew, yes. And people do the same thing with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, of course. You know, you see the monk and it's always, you know, Otherwise, you could be Occidental. Occidental. <laughs> yes. But, right? but that's the thing. But, is, but the thing is, like, why do you have to play a Milton Furry Gangrel? Why don't you play a Gangrel who's actually more like a veterinarian science person who studies exotic animals and is in the nature conservation? That's what got him into being embraced part of the clan but that is not who defines them as an individual maybe they're a fucking armchair football nerd who just happens to be really smart when it comes to veterinary sciences right yeah. and but it's that's... a great way to study too it's like you can get in you can you know you can get in you can interact with them and basically learn from the first person which is something that no human will ever be able to do but that's the the problem i have with fifth edition and some of the other editions of stuff like I'm looking into 4th edition, and oh my god, was that a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> we, we don't talk this. about this. We, we, we don't talk about 4th edition in this living room. 
but for a good reason. I'm getting to that point with fifth, and I spent money on those books. But it's one of those things of when you look into the book and you go through the character stuff. Like us as experienced players, sure we can do whatever the fuck we want with just like three stats and a little doodle of something. But when you when you've got the brand new players coming in and they're like, oh, this is literally all a barbarian is. This is literally all a bard is. A bard always wants to fuck everything and only relies on their charisma and they always have to be funny. That's all the book is telling them. If I pick up the Pathfinder book and I start reading into it, I don't even have to look at archetypes. It's like, oh, you can do this. You can do that. You can pick up these things. You're Just because you're an elf doesn't mean that you have to have the fucking dance of the leaves in the fucking fall. You can be dancing on the fucking bones of your enemies in a fucking blood orgy. Blood orgy! Because that's what the book is giving me extra. It's giving me more jumping off points than, here's your cardboard cutout, have fun. Yeah, uh, come on. Don't you... I think you're being really hard on 5th edition. I think, and this is my personal opinion here, so you can feel free to refute me at any time, even though you're wrong. Oh, do you want but, me to get into 2nd edition? I can rip 2nd edition whoa, 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 whoa. The best thing about 5th edition... All right, and I've spent time looking through Kazrakan's book, and I, I know the art in it is atrocious. The typesetting is horrible. Bad. The fact that in the name of diversity, everything now begins with a feminine pronoun instead of you know flip flopping between either pronouns or none at all. But the best thing about the game is it rolls your character for you. So if you are an insufferable NPC with no imagination of your own or no capacity to have an imagination. The book will make a character for you. It's like starting up an Elder Scrolls game and not having to build a character because the game has already given you a character. You, it's like playing a, a Super Mario Brothers with stats that already are there. So you don't have to imagine what's going on. It's already done for you. The book has taken the imagination out of the game for those who have no imagination, and I think that's great because it now caters to a larger audience of NPCs and other individuals who have no capacity whatsoever to even conjure that they can actually create a character that they want to create or that they would be happy to create when the game has already provided them a cookie-cutter, two-dimensional cardboard cutout character that they can enjoy without the risk of having their wee little heart hurt if the character happens to fall below zero hit points and die. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they still get three really awesome uh, saving throws versus death, which are actually kind of hard to fail, but regardless. Either way, that's a really good quality. I'm just saying, it's a great, fantastic thing that they baked into the core system, the ability to get for the game to make a character for you if you do not have an imagination. And you know what? I have gamed for 25 years on both sides of the, the GM screen. And there are a lot of people out there who actually need the game book to make characters for them. So this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like Toadstools. people who their favorite flavor is vanilla. Their favorite uh, color is beige. And their dream vehicle is a minivan. You know, actually, kind of funny part, point there. My favorite flavor is vanilla. Well, it, it, it's a good flavor, and it goes in everything. I don't know. But I feel we like are getting off. We are getting off topic. We're always getting off topic. Well, actually, I believe we're getting to the end of the episode. Yes, we are. Are we? Yeah, I've been running the time. Yeah, he's been running the time. So we are. Huh. I started like, about ten minutes late because I forgot. Yeah. Then yeah, we're about accurate. Huh? No wonder we're derailing. Yeah. Yeah, because we're at the end of our rope. Ha ha ha. Then I had to throw in a rant. That's fair. Yeah. You know what? One last one. All right. Players who add things to their character sheets as part of meta. Specifically things like rope or, you know, rations or stuff like that. Ah, yes. The person who's prepared for every eventuality, even though there's no logical reason to be prepared for that. It's like your character is the son of a lawyer. Why do you have climbing hooks? You right. live in a fucking floodplain. Why do you have climbing hooks? I right. can give you one example of their... So, I understand your thing. I'm sure you're going for the people who always seem to add it at the last minute. Like, say, we're in-game, we're in the mountains, 
Who has food? Um, uh, uh, I've got two rations. I've got a week's worth of rations. Oh, I've, I've totally got a fucking, uh, claw hammer on me. Now, yeah. the people who come from, you know, the floodplains and they have that, I will totally let someone try and bullshit me the story of why, but that's why I inspect character sheets at the beginning of the uh, game one after session zero I inspect them and I retain the character sheets that way they cannot be misleadingly edited and I make notes on my own paper on each character on what they have what they're carrying yeah I add things to my character sheet but usually they're like if it's D&D they're already kind of an established character you know like D&D you're playing adventurers Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm playing, making a character who's basically the adventure type, they're going to be smart and go, I should be more prepared for many different situations. But at the other hand, it's like, why am I playing a gnome illusionist who's never led up this village a day in his life before a game has begun? But I've got a map making kit, three waterproof scroll cases, and enough ink and quills to cover for an entire campaign. Makes no sense. Yep. Unless they're unless they were planning to be a cartographer. I've never but, left my village, but I've got a sextant and a navigation skill because, um, I've never left my village. Which is where I get someone to bullshit me that they one time found a book uh, from a traveler and it made them want to do this, and it was a book on how to do that. Yeah, but if they bullshit you, then they're just doing meta. No, but I'm, I'm yes saying for no. the reason they have those that stuff. And have never left their village. And that's session zero, session one bullshit. Anything after that, I go, no, it wasn't on your character sheet. Fuck off. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing, is, like, you can have character developing moments like that. That's exactly what you're talking about, right? Hey, this guy sold me a book, and it seemed really interesting, and now I I kind of have a pretty good idea of how to make maps. Well, it's less and it character sounds fun. development, more character establishment. Because after session one, after the closing minutes of session one, and we all say bye, and you leave my my dorm or my room, that's when I'm going to be like, all right, your characters are now set in stone. If you pick this up, you need to uh, buy it at a fucking market, and you have to explain to me why you are picking it up now. Buy it, move it, ship it, pack it, technologic. Oh, wait. I've got one more. I've oh, got one more. Oh, okay, one more. All right. All right. So we talked about the person who does the big old shopping list and never shops. Yes. That's... What about the people who never think about what they want until you come to the shopping event and you end up spending a whole goddamn session on a fucking shopping trip because someone's trying to figure out which dagger would go better so they're over there with the equipment guide going, hmm, 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 but these stats, but these sets, do they have this? Roll for it. No, they don't. Well, I don't really want this, so can, can anyone make that? Roll for it. No, there's no one in this village with that capacity. Those are the people that annoy me. That yeah, they are. drag down what should be at most a 30-minute shopping trip of, hey, I want this, this, and this. All right, you're going to look for these people. Make me some rolls. What I love is the fact that when they do that shopping trip, and everybody's guilty of this. Mm -hmm. I, it, there is nobody that is not guilty of it. Uh, unless I've yet to meet this famed person who's unicorn. mythical and probably like sainthood status as far as role players go. But everybody compares the stats of the items. And look, I can understand when I go into the gun store and I'm looking at Rugers or Walthers or anything. You're going to compare the judge... To any other revolver, yeah, but not to the Glock. Exactly. Like, if I go in and I'm buying a revolver and I do want to buy a Judge, I, I admit that freely and openly, fuck yes, I want to buy a Judge. Uh, but if I'm going in for the Judge, I'm going to read reviews. And it's gonna most reviews are between one and five stars. Hold on, okay? hold on. You're being logical, though. Most people these days don't know what they're looking for until they already go into the store. But... So if I'm comparing the judge to, say, a 38 special from uh, Smith & Wesson, right? And I can read all the reviews on it on, like, accuracy, reliability, uh, how hard it is to clean. Those are my numbers. Mm -hmm. But people, when they buy equipment in the books for a role-playing game, look at the hard numbers. Like, oh, it gives a plus two to attack. Oh, but it gives this one, this dagger over here gives a plus three to damage. 
it it doesn't translate very well when you think about real life because in real life, yeah, sure, somebody maybe give a four star to a weapon for reliability, but in truth, that's because it has a lot of upkeep and maintenance to keep that reliability so high. Mm-hmm. But everybody, when they go through the books, are like, oh, they're doing gun shopping. Oh, this one does four d six, but this one does three d six, but high as a higher threat range. It's being the guy who's over there. Well, I want something that shoots a fifty caliber because it's the biggest. Yeah, it's just. But they don't realize if you fire a fucking one ounce slug. Nothing is going to stand after that. Yeah. All right. Well, we are hitting the actual end part here. So I'm just going to end out with my final thoughts. And my final thoughts is in accordance with the topic of today's episode, shit players do that makes no fucking sense. My final thoughts are please, for the love of fucking God. And I don't care which God you worship, whether it's Tiamat or Bahamut or Baphomet or the Tiki Monkey. Or anything in between. Or Groomsh. Go for Desna. Or Desna. Mm. Or Aphrodite. Doesn't matter. Praise Keck. Stop, for the love of fucking whatever god you worship, playing orphans. Oh my fucking god, the super special extra dark orphan who are so fucking edgy. Yes, but... It's kind of hard to be the edgelord when you got six people sitting around at a dinner dinner table at the same time competing over who's the edgiest. Fuck. It's like, for fuck's lords. sake, do you realize that a vast majority of people in any game world and or setting or real life have friends and they have a fucking family? Wait, wait. So they're an orphan. Is their name Trouble? No. They need to be careful with all that edge. They might cut somebody with it. You know what? One of these days I am specifically going to make an orphan who's just got boatloads of charisma and an excellent dancing skill, and I'm going to name her Annie. <laughs> anyway, that's my uh, uh, final thoughts, closing a rant and all that shit. Game Goblin going back to my crypt. I think be mindful of what you're doing, like everything, because you don't might not realize you're doing shit that's pissing off your DM, and not all DMs will speak up, so just try and be a little aware of it. Anyway, Kazarkan back to the skies. Alright, so this is really, really simple, people. When it comes to game, ask people questions. Hey, do you think I'm being too much? Should I shower more? I don't know, do you think this is infected? Just ask a goddamn question if you think there's an issue. And if you need self-diagnose, get a second opinion. Uh... Darth Blasphemous signing off. And remember, it could always be worse. We could all be stuck in the world that is Pathfinder 2nd Edition. (laughs) Shots fired. Sounds like Liquid's trying to impersonate me on the Blunt Force Gamers podcast. Now I know how Master Miller felt. If he was alive. <laughs>